Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The Real Estate starts now. In today's episode, we explore the intersection of real estate and idea generation. Our guest, Eric Bow, is a leading expert in creativity and idea development, the founder of Primal Idea, an idea consultancy, and the creator of the Da Vinci Method for Brainstorming. Eric has personally facilitated over a thousand brainstorming sessions with companies in almost every industry, including real estate. Welcome to the show, Eric. Welcome, Eric. Hey, glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this fascinating space. Well, you know, the funny part is like everybody's career is sort of a, a self-exploration. And I experimented with a lot of things, worked at many different agencies. One point during the dot-com era, I actually had eight jobs in 12 years. And one wow. of those jobs, yeah, one of those jobs is really interesting. It was at a company called Team Detroit, and it was five agencies that were forced together. I spent three years facilitating brainstorming between these agencies to not only generate ideas, but get the teams to work together. So, you know, it's been a wild ride to where I'm at now. And that experience at Team Detroit made me realize this is what I wanted to do the rest of my career. Well, Eric, it sounds like a dream job. What exactly is it that you do? Well, it is a dream job. I, I love my job. It doesn't even feel like work is so much fun, but there's two things I do. And I always like alliteration, so I'm, I'm using inspiration and ideation. Inspiration is the key part of any great brainstorming session. So, for example, my role, if you looked at it on paper, is I'm a marketing strategist or an advertising strategist. But nobody pays you for strategy. They pay you for ideas. And so... I look at it this way, the strategy or what I do needs to inspire the team to think different. The second part is the ideation or brainstorming. And what I do here is I lead sessions. And over time, as you mentioned, I've led over a thousand sessions. And it made me wonder of what were the best practices, what worked, what didn't, and how can I impart that knowledge on others? And so the ideation part is critical um, that I do also. Sometimes I'll just do the inspiration, sometimes I'll do both. The term ideation, that's new. Where did that come from? All right. That's just a smart word for brainstorming. <laughs> if you look it up in the dictionary, it just comes, it means coming up with an idea or concept. Um, in advertising and marketing, ideation and brainstorming are pretty synonymous. And when you say brainstorming, uh, is that what everybody thinks when they hear brainstorming? A bunch of people in a room, we got we to gotta decide which branch we want to close or we need to come up with a new idea for a product extension and everybody's throwing ideas on the blackboard. Is that basically what we're talking about? The old version before your expertise steps in, in other words? Yes, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's where people get in a room and they just throw ideas on the wall. And what's fascinating with that, Jamie, is that in the past couple of years, um, publications like Harvard Business Review and Inc. have come out with, with articles stating that brainstorming is the biggest waste of time in business. And look, ideas are the lifeblood of business. I totally disagree that it's a waste of time. I think they're done improperly, and that's why I came up with the Da Vinci Method. 
So you're right. I mean, I think that there's probably a lot of time wasted in inefficient brainstorm sessions, but I think people ultimately want the result of great ideas. So how do you bridge the gap between getting people in a room wanting a great idea to actually leaving a room with one or more? Um, first of all, let's go back. Well, two things you need prior to the meeting. Um, actually, it's a few more than that, but two key things that I want to touch on. The first one is you need a North Star. Why are you getting together? What is the objective for what you're trying to do? And it's critical that, that be, you're specific and it's measurable. I'll give an example of this. Did some recent brainstorming for a restaurant. And in there, we talked about customer loyalty. And we could say, okay, we want to increase customer loyalty from 1.5 frequency per month to 1.6. That's minimal. Almost any idea could do it. But if you say I'm going to go from 1.5 to 3, all of a sudden you stretch the ideas. You force people to think of deeper ideas that will be more impactful on the business. The second thing is inspiration. You need to get people out of their comfort zone. You need to get them to think different. Typically what people do, and this is human nature, it's not being critical, is you bring your own personal life into it and you say, well, I would never do this. I would not do this. The goal, though, is to think through the eyes of your customer, your client. And in some cases, I've done some work when academic through the eyes of students. So there can be good brainstorming sessions and bad brainstorming sessions, correct? And it's the bad brainstorming sessions, perhaps, that have left a bad taste in people's mouths in terms of the topic itself? Um, I would agree, yes. And that's probably what you're seeing in those articles by HBR and Inc. Um, brainstorming, I like to sort of came up with this little metaphor of bad brainstorming is like a rudderless ship with sticky notes. You're just putting <laughs> a lot of stuff up there. And um, it, it really reflects on a story I heard about 15 years ago. I started at an agency and um, we're talking about brainstorming. And one, one of the people in my group, she said, well, we brainstorm every Friday at noon. We're bringing food, we're bringing beverages, and we brainstorm for an hour and a half. I go, well, that's pretty cool. What do you do with all those ideas? And she thought for a minute, thought for a minute. She goes, you know what? Quite honestly, we've never done anything with any of the ideas. And, and that to me is bad brainstorming because good brainstorming creates actionable ideas. And that's a critical phrase, actionable ideas. So- you know, brainstorm sessions are awesome, right? I think that a lot of times we all love to take a minute out of our day to sit in a room and just talk and think creatively. Uh, but it just, it doesn't start that way initially, right? You can't just say, hey, get into a room and come up with a great idea before you leave. You have to be inspired to generate ideas. Can you tell us a bit about what you do to inspire people to generate creative ideas and be, and be big, better ideas? Um, there's several methods, and these are Da Vinci methods, and every and every Da Vinci method is based on a creative thought process. Um, for example, one of them I love is called the mimic, and the mimic is based on um, method acting. So, for example, if you look at um, method actors throughout the years, what they do is they walk in the shoes of others. So an example of this is Daniel Day-Lewis. He, he's very much a really intense method actor. For example, in The Name of the Father, which was a movie about the Irish Rebellion, he was he played a, a person who was um, unjustly accused, and he spent roughly about 20 years in prison. To get ready for the role, he, lost, he ate only prison rations and lost 30 pounds. 
he slept at night in that jail cell on the set, and he actually paid policemen to interrogate him for three days straight. Pretty intense, you know? So he was tortured, basically. Pretty much, but he got him in the role, and that's what method acting is about. It's really fascinating. How that works for marketing is that with the mimic or marketing or any brainstorming is walk in the shoes of a client or, a, or your, your marketing target. So for example, um, I was working on the launch of Dodge Caliber in 2005, and Chrysler or Dodge came to us and said, we want to rethink the shopping process for millennials. And so we thought about it. And as part of the inspiration, when I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Everybody who can pass for a millennial, which is everybody but me, was going to go and shop at a Dodge dealership and two other dealerships to get in the spirit, get in the empathetic perspective of those shoppers. So the day before brainstorming, they all went and spent about three hours off-site doing what I asked them to do. And the next day they showed up and the ideas that came out of this team were fabulous because they lived it. They walked in the shoes of the prospective targets. So they got it. And empathy is a key role for many of the brainstorming sessions. Not all, but a lot of them. So, so one of the things I love about having you on the show is, and, and talking with us is on the show, you know, we talk about ideas all the time, and we want our listeners to make the most of those ideas that we discuss on the show. And you have a process, it seems, for taking inspiration and experiences and driving that through actionable ideas. Can you walk us through what that process is? Sure. Um, I'm going to keep it simple because it's pretty in-depth. But there's really four, four steps, and I'll walk through them briefly. First one is set up a successful session. And I already talked a little bit about the North Star and really setting up, well, why are you in the room? But there's a little more to it. You need to get the group dynamics right. So there's a little bit of what we call mindset choreography, where you think through, how do I get diverse thought or diverse experiences in a room? You look at the size of the group. And our, um, my belief, based on all this experience, is that the magic number is seven plus or minus one. The reason for it, if you get less than seven, you don't get as much diverse thought. If you go over seven, certain group dynamics take hold where especially if you have introverts in the room, they will actually shut down. The group's too big. The last one then is keep it as an idea sprint. So sessions are limited to two hours because that's probably about all that people can handle at one time. If you wanna do more brainstorming, just do another session. The next part is inspire the participants. I already sort of talked about this. We have different methods around this. One of them is the mimic, which I just described. But inspiration is critical. And there's different methods on how to do it. The bulk of it is generating ideas. There's about 20 different methods in here about how to come up with different ideas. And some of them are based on a scenario. Some of them are based on, you know, just getting people out of their comfort zone. So, for example, one I love is called the power pause. And the power pause comes from um, music. And think of it this way. In many rock songs, there's this pause that the song builds up to. And you have like a three-second pause in it that just pulls you into the music before it kicks back in again. So, for example, if you look at Springsteen's Rosalita, at the six-minute and five-second mark, there's a pause that sucks you in. If you look at Rock Set the Look, at three minutes and ten seconds, there's this pause. So what does that mean to brainstorm it? Well, pretty simple. What you do is you hand everybody an index card up front. And about 10 minutes in, once that initial rush of ideas comes out, you, you take a power pause 
You have everybody in the room write down one idea that hasn't been thought of yet. Then you go around the room and everybody goes through their idea and you build sort of the idea out before you go to the next person. And what's nice about this is it sort of gets the camaraderie going and it really works well to get introverts involved. You know, you're funny, you mentioned uh, method acting. I, I've done a little bit of acting and I studied at Stella Adler, which is a method conservatory. And there's a very funny story. I just have to get out. There's a movie called Marathon Man with Dustin Hoffman and Laurence Olivier. Everybody knows who Dustin Hoffman is, one of the great actors of our generation. Laurence Olivier, one of the greatest Shakespearean actors of all time. The scene called for Dustin Hoffman to look like he hadn't slept in two days. So Dustin Hoffman showed up on set having not slept in two days. And Laurence Olivier said, my boy, why don't you just act like you're tired? <laughs> and that's the difference between method acting and acting. <laughs> Which um, I, I love that story, by the way. I'm glad you shared it. Um, in, in, your, in, your, in your discussion about the optimal uh, uh, environment to create ideas, how important is, is the power dynamic within the group? I mean, if there are three or four people trying to impress a boss, or everyone is at the same level, uh, or somebody's a junior and he's nervous to open his mouth. How, how does that play into the dynamic? That's where you get into what I call the mindset choreography, which is the other side of group, group dynamics. And it's funny, you mentioned some, some of the, I'll call negative dynamics you're going to run into. Um, there's like six of them out there that, you know, you've got the Mike Hogg, you've got um, the suck up, the BFFs, which you got to separate them. Otherwise, you're going to have so many side conversations, introverts and stuff like that. So there's a there, there typically is a lot of forethought into who's in the room. And then necessarily might assign seats to people to keep that to keep the flow going. Once you get into the session, though, Jamie, what you're doing at this point is making sure everybody's engaged and somebody is not dominating the conversation. And, and you always hear the term when you're talking about idea generation, think outside the box, think outside the box. Is that basically another way to say what you're actually putting a practical method to allow to do that? Or is that different than what you were talking about here? I actually I love that question because some people need to get back in a box. But um, <laughs> the reality is, is there's two parts of, to that to, to answer that question. The first one is, the first thing is you need focus. So you do need to create a sandbox or a North Star to focus your brainstorming. And it's very important. Otherwise, you get what it's called is free range chicken ideation. I grew up on a farm, so I love using that. And you're all over the place. Back to that Friday um, brainstorming session. The second thing is the what if It's the divergent thinking. And that's where the role of this, the facilitator in this session is to get people out of their comfort zone, get them to think different. In many respects, that plays off of things, think outside the box. You know, it's funny when you mentioned um, the things that are needed in the room, I thought you were gonna say something like candy or like Reese's Pieces. And uh, yeah, you didn't say it. So there goes our Hershey sponsorship. <laughs> but on that note, um, how do you get people? Is there a technique for getting people out of the day-to-day, -day. you would tell me, you know, walk into a room, stop thinking about your day job, think about new ideas. Is there a process to get people into the mode or mindset for ideation? Um, yes, there is. Um, we like to refer to it as um, an intellectual sorbet. So it's really getting your mind ready to do this. Now, this isn't a group exercise, but what you want people to do 15 minutes prior to a session is do 
whatever is appropriate for them to help clear their mind. It could be meditation. It could be a breathing exercise. Personally, mine is to take a 15-minute walk. It helps me clear my mind and get ready for the session. So it's very important to get to, for people to leave the business day behind and get in the right state of mind. How do you, you mentioned, I think, did you mention there's a certain ideal time at which point to call a session, regardless of how many ideas have been generated, at which point? I always wonder if you get to the point of no returns in a, in a meeting where at that point you're, go, you're going over the same topic over and over, you're walking in circles, we could do this, but that, but this, and you're getting nowhere. How, how do you get power through that situation? Well, it's, it's breaking it up a little. Think of it as three waves of ideas, Jamie. And the, what I like is the first wave is the inspiration to get people to think different. Then in every session, the primary goal of it could be the first half hour, it could be the first two hours, is to generate as many ideas as possible. The phrase I love to use is what else you got? What else you got? And the goal isn't to build the ideas necessarily at that point, but just to generate as many ideas as possible. And we use, have you ever done improv, either one of you guys? Sure, I've done a lot of it. So yeah. you're familiar with the yes and exercise? Yeah. So we use that a lot. So we actually, for the first, that speed round up front, we eliminate the word but. It's always yes and. And so you're building as many ideas as possible, very positive. Then in the latter part, what you do is you triage the ideas, refine them and build them out in order to make them actionable. So in my experience, rarely do I, does it lag? Uh, maybe that's from experience where I don't try to push it for too long. But at the same time, because it's facilitated, we don't rehash a, an idea forever. Well, that's funny because I think there's a, someone once said, you, you, if you don't have a good idea, then you don't have enough bad ideas. <laughs> so there's a lot that needs to, to happen in a session for you to have a positive outcome. And in a lot of ways, your positive outcome could be anything because you could brainstorm pretty much anything, whether that's how to make money or how to lose less money. Real estate industry seems like it needs a lot of idea development and a lot of good ideas. How do we get a real estate as an industry to incorporate this brainstorming methodology and just generate more ideas? Well, it begins with your company culture and your leadership. So for example, many companies out there, many progressive companies are brainstorming on a daily basis, but not all companies do it. And this is where I usually like to refer to companies as either a me company or a we company. The me company usually has a group of individuals or one or two people who think they have all the answers. And they're reluctant to brainstorm on it because they prefer to do it themselves. The we companies get that their employees are an asset to find the way forward, to make change. And what they will do is bring in employees and even bring in outsiders that have an expertise to help them solve for whatever it may be. It could be um, solving for a problem with a building. It could be bringing in members of the community. There's a lot of opportunities in real estate to impact what you're doing. Have you seen um, uh, any examples of that in certain industries, companies in the industry, or have you had a chance to work with, with companies in the industry, even if you don't want to give out any names or anything? Um, are we talking about real estate? Yes. Okay. Um, I've worked with several companies, more from a marketing perspective. One of the most fascinating ones I've worked with is a series of companies in Midtown Detroit. 
And at the time we were looking at regenerating um, the marketing campaign to drive um, visitation to the, the restaurants, the buildings and everything there, and also people to live there. Now, what the interesting part about this is I got to meet a lot of really interesting individuals in the real estate profession. And one of them had a great line. And he, and he said, people outside of Detroit believe that they can take the formula that works in another city and just come into Detroit and it'll work. He goes, I'm here to tell you most often it will fail. What you need to do is understand street level communities and build from the community out. I love this story because it, it really encapsulates my experience within the real estate um, area on people who think community first are the ones that actually generate the more interesting ideas and their buildings tend to be uh, more likely to be approved and more robust in what they offer um, the neighborhood. Now there's a saying that you can either, you know, uh, actually it's saying is that a camel is a horse built by a committee. Right. <laughs> and that's to say, when you bring in all of these different ideas, sometimes you can get overwhelmed and you lose focus. And I think that in some cases, you know, we've seen that in with Google uh, and their um, uh, their street program in in in, uh, in Canada most recently, and how they've engaged the community. And the community said, you know what, we'd rather have you not do this project, <laughs> and so they backed out of it. I suppose them barreling ahead and not asking anybody for help or for advice or for their opinion, for that matter. Google is a bully. I, I, I'm stunned to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and to the point that you've made earlier in the show, when you think about mediation and how you balance personality types in a room, uh, there, there has to be, to your point, some limit to how much you engage the community and then how much you, you kind of go and, and, and do yourself. So where does the inspiration and the communication and the interaction between um, the people and the ideas, where does that stop? And then, and then where does the, in, in the process, like how does, where does the, where's the handoff? Well, the interesting thing is if you look at communities within real estate, there's two ways you can actually approach it. One is to um, really meet with the community, do a series of interviews and create inspirational um, content that you would prep the core team to brainstorm upon. So it's more um, they're involved for inspiration and, and ideas like that. Another thing is to actually have them a part of the brainstorming. But what you would do is have a separate session with the community altogether. Now, again, I'm stressing this on the second one. You still need a North Star. Otherwise, what you're going to end up with is instead of problem solving or opportunity solving, you're going to end up with a boatload of opinions you have to sift through. And honestly, it could be more damaging if people felt they weren't heard. I notice that a lot uh, just in meetings in general. Sometimes you come out of a meeting and somebody feels like their idea wasn't heard or they never got a chance to speak or they're already talking what a stupid idea it was as they're walking back to their desks. How do you, that sounds like the tricky part is to take that explosion of idea generation and turn that into an actionable solution that generates revenue, which is what every corporation is trying to do, which is generate revenue, whether uh, you're developing a building or you're creating a new chocolate bar, right? So that step seems like the crucial step from where you are to a product or a marketing campaign. Uh, 
how do they make sure that they that they're doing that properly? So I talked about actually the first three steps up front, which was the North Star designing the team, or which was the first one, the inspiration, and then the idea generation. The last one, which I didn't touch on, was how do you make the ideas actionable? And this is probably the most critical step. Remember, I talked about triaging. So let's say, and this is not uncommon, you can end up in that first positivity session with 30 ideas. Well, to your point, and I, I sort of laugh when you said there's 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 some bad ideas in there. Well, I'm here to tell you, there's probably a lot of bad ideas in there, but that's okay. That's a part of the process of getting it all out. So the first thing you need to do is, is triage those to go, what are the ideas we think that will really bring the make a difference based on your North Star? The second thing then is you take those ideas and you build them out. You pull in subject matter experts, you get them to weigh in. It's always positive, always building it out. And it's very important you do this because some ideas will make the trip and some ideas will fall by the wayside because they're just not actionable. And this is a key part because inevitably you're going to have to sell this to somebody, whether it's internally to management or to a government body. So by looking through and understanding the benefits and challenges of every idea, it helps you sell them through and possibly refine them as you build them out based on the benefits and challenges you may run into when you sell them through. You know, I'd imagine our listeners are listening to this show and hearing you talk and saying, okay, that's all great, but how do I apply that like today? <laughs> right. Um, what is, what are our listeners need to do? They need to call someone like you They need to hire an outside consultant or company to help them. What is the, what is the way that, that immediately companies and individuals can get access to this methodology in this way of thinking? Or, or books they can read or, or seminars they can go to, et cetera? Well, I'm going to answer that two ways. One is I do I am publishing a book called Brainstorming with Da Vinci in April. Um, you can go to brainstormingwithdavinci.com. And in there, there are different um, experiences you can have in addition to the book. We have a deck of cards with all the methods on them. And also we have um, sessions from a masterclass to a boot camp if you're interested in being trained as a brainstorming facilitator. However, um, if you just want to start tomorrow, there's five things you could do. So get your pen out and I'll go through those. The first one is before you do anything, figure out what your North Star is. Why are you getting people in the room? What are you hoping to achieve? This is critical because you're going to bounce every idea against it. Even if the idea doesn't fulfill it, challenge the team to see, can it fulfill it? The second thing you're going to do is maximize the group size. Talked about this a little bit. Keep it to seven people if possible. Diversify your participants and keep your sessions to two hours. The third thing is inspiration, which we talked about too. How are you going to inspire people to get out of their comfort zone? This is critical because the inspiration will only work or the ideation will only work with the inspiration then generate ideas. If nothing else from this podcast, remember, be positive. Use the yes and from the improv to generate as many ideas as possible, which gets you to the fifth step, triage those ideas, and then build them out to make them actionable. So if you just follow that script, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but you will already raise your brainstorming sessions up a notch just by following these five things. So, We've learned why it's important. We've learned what's been done wrong in the past, and we have a framework on how to do it effectively going forward. 
Are there certain industries or certain issues or certain products that lend itself more likely to benefit from brainstorming? Or can this be applied across the board in any industry in every situation? I think it's a great question. Now, my my background is marketing. So many of the stories I'm spending on this podcast are marketing stories and stuff like that. But I'm here to tell you, anytime, think of it this way. There's two things every organization does. And I'm purposely using the word organization because this could be a church group. This could be a not-for-profit. This, this is just an organization thing. You look at how you're moving it forward. What are the opportunities? You should be brainstorming on that on a regular basis. How do you actually you know, meet your goals, your annual goals and stuff like that. The second thing is everyday opportunities. How do you improve your culture? How do you get timesheet compliance to work out better? So you get this macro and this micro and every business should be brainstorming around this because again, your employees are an asset. You should be leveraging them to generate ideas to make your business better. We've talked a lot about the corporate side of, of the economy. Um, you brought up churches or NGOs, when I think about policy, and when I think about your, your comments about diversity of thought, and I think about governments, state governments, local governments, federal governments, how, can, how, how much can they benefit from this type of ID generation? And have you heard of anywhere where it's being implemented? You're talking about government specifically? Yes. You know, real, real estate deals not only with the private sector, but of course, with the public sector. We've had guests here who are vice mayors who work on the community aspect of, of, of development to enhance the experience of the people living in a community. Um, how can this this whole process that you've now quantified in a, in a relatable and repeatable way, how can this be applied to government to improve our everyday lives from that side of the equation? So, um probably about five or six years of my career um, during 2010s, I spent working on uh, Michigan Economic Development Corporation or MEDC. I, you know, I love acronyms because we all love them. Um, a part of that is the Pure Michigan Travel Campaign. But in to speak to the government side, I did spend um, time actually brainstorming with not only government, but businesses and leading sessions to really figure out how do you actually increase talent in Michigan? How do you increase businesses to move to mission, Michigan? How do you increase the collaboration between businesses? So sometimes it was re related to real estate. Many times it was related more to the government having a bigger impact on business development in Michigan. It sounds like Michigan's a bit ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, some of these uh some of these ideas and some of these methods for idea generation, it sounds like they've been putting into practice all over the place. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think that um, any city or any state should be thinking about new ideas and thinking different, particularly now that innovation is a top priority for a lot of places in America. So I, I love this topic. And I think that this is a brilliant uh, way of being able to introduce a process on how you take ideas and bring them into action. And I think from hearing you speak, Eric, I will be using your methodology uh, on, on pretty much everything. As a matter of fact, <laughs> what I'm gonna eat for lunch this afternoon, I'll have a brainstorm session on that. So, but but thank you. I mean, this has been been very uh, insightful uh, and enlightening for myself and Jamie. 
Yeah, I think it's been terrific. It's funny you think of food. I mean, after the, after being quarantined for a year, cooking the same nine items, believe me, I'm ready to brainstorm anyone. All I ask it, it has no more than four ingredients. It can be done in 20 minutes by an idiot like me. Send all your ideas in, care of the podcast. I love that. that that's, that's a very nice food North Star you just described, by the way. There you go. You got to you got you got to have a uh, you got to have a goal, right? It's like an yep. athlete. You got to have a goal. So um, thank you very much, Eric. Appreciate your time on the show and your valuable insight that you shared with us and our audience. Thank you very much, Eric. It's been eye opening and a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Support for our podcast is brought to you by Just Live, a trusted source for high quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. For me, COVID led to higher stress levels and trouble sleeping. That's why Just Live came out with their new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors and functions, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Plus, they're vegan and low sugar. Just Live was founded by professional athletes, Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez, because they wanted to create a CBD product they could trust and could stand behind. If you need support with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I highly recommend giving these a try. Right now, if you buy one of their new gummy products, you get one free. There are six different benefits to choose from, and instead of just choosing one, visit Just Live and use code support to get one free. Buy one, get one free of the new gummies line with the code support at justlive.com. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com using code support. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.